Beyond the Ranch with Jay Gannon from Find the Ranch. Welcome back to Beyond the Wrench. My name is Jay Gannon and I am your host. Before we get started, we would like to announce the winner of our higher or lower game for last week, and the winner was Michael Marquis. Michael won with a high score of 28, and with that, he won a $100 Amazon gift card, which was sponsored by our friends at Diesel Laptops. He also got a crack at the Queen of Hearts pot, which was at $1,000. And unfortunately did not turn over the Queen of Hearts, so that pot rises yet again to $1,100. Before we get into the podcast, I did want to mention that our registration is now open for our second annual Tech Mission event. Tech Mission is a two-day virtual event that brings together technicians, shop owners, managers, and schools. This year we're talking about why technicians are leaving the industry, what schools can do to better prepare technicians for the industry, and what shops can do to keep technicians in the industry. It's completely free for everybody to attend, but you must register. Even if you can't attend live, register anyways, and we'll email you the recordings after the event. You can register by going to the resources tab on our wrenchway.com website, check out Technician 2021, and uh, sign up there. It's going to be a really, really fun event. Our our registration numbers are already really, really high and look forward to seeing everybody join us on a couple really, really cool days because I think it's a lot of good conversation with some good people. So hope to see you there. As for this week's episode, one of my really, really good friends in the industry, Darren Damron of Jasper Engines and Transmissions. If you know Darren, you know what an inspiration he is and you know how motivational he is. And in our podcast, we talk about habits and the power of good habits and what those good habits look like and how that equates to uh, success with people in the service business, right? We talk about technicians, we talk about managers and and really how having uh, those really, really good habits can have such a big, big impact on your career and on your life in general. So one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, Darren blew it out of the water. It is such a good episode and really applicable for anybody out there. Just a, a really, really good episode. So hope you enjoy, hope you learn something, take some notes, and hopefully apply some of this to your life because it's some really, really good stuff. Have a great week. All right. What a day. I get to talk to my good buddy, Darren Damron from Jasper Engines. How are you, Darren? I'm doing fantastic in uh, beautiful Florence, Alabama this morning. And where is Florence, Alabama? It's in northern, northwestern Alabama is where it's at. And the University of North Alabama is here. It's my alma mater. And our company, Jasper Engines, is is really involved with one of their sales programs, supporting them and, and trying to find sales reps for our open positions around the country and giving these these young folks an opportunity. So what what is it that you do at Jasper? Well, I'm a regional vice president as of August 1st. So, Yay! Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just at this moment in time, just wrapping my arms around that and, you know, just trying my best to be the best leader for the branches that I have in the Southeast. I'm over the Southeast. That's a one fifth of the the country. And, you know, it, 
you know Joe McDonald's, you know, RV. Great, great guy. Love Joe. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're at the seven degrees of Joe McDonald because, you know, (laughs) Joe came on. That's how I met you. And then, you know, you met Ed Roberts through me and then Robert Auer. And now I'm finally on here. So Joe kind of started it all. And, and he shared with me when I, when he launched me out on this journey and gave me this opportunity, you know, about a month before August, you know, he said, look, you know, whatever you were doing in your district, which was Southern Georgia and Florida, uh, he said, I just want you to do that all over that region. And I was like, ah, Captain, I've got that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it worked out really good. And, and I, I think I was thinking about this this morning and you really remind me of there's a, a book called, I believe it's The Fred Factor, where you just try to help other people out and you just, you know, you, you really don't ask for anything in return. And you're probably the most brilliant person I've ever seen in that regard, like just kind of doing things for other people without any expectation of anything in return. And I think that's why the success really kind of flows toward you. You you do a really, really good job with that. And I think all of the shops that you work with and all of the people within Jasper, you know, are really lucky to have you because you you bring some value that not a lot of other people do. Jay, I I really appreciate you doing, you know, saying that. And I feel the same way about you and, and what you're doing for our industry. Our industry means uh, a lot to me. You know, I've been in our industry for almost 20 years. And what I've learned is that I've just, I try to be intentional. You know, I mean, it comes from my my faith background and and just be intentional in in people's lives and and listen to what they need and what they're sharing with me. And, you know, the good Lord gave me lots of energy. So I've been able to, to put that energy into other people's lives. And if I can fulfill, you know, whatever their challenges are, their needs are. And if I can bring something to the table that can help them out, it just helps us all to rise up. And I know you've heard rising tides raise all ships. And and I believe in that wholeheartedly. And, you know, that's that's what I try to bring to the table. And, and thankfully, I work for a company that gives me the platform to be able to do that. Yeah. And you've got some cool stories. And and really, the, the topic of the day that we're going to discuss today is is habits. But before we get to that, I want to talk about your upbringing and what what led you to be this kind of energetic person that you know everybody loves. Like what 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 you know? Tell me a little bit about you growing up and and really how you got to where you're at today. Well, you know, long story short, I've been on this earth for quite a while now, over over four decades. So you know, I'm getting 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 up there, but <laughs> you know, so I've got a lot of experiences. But you know, I, I come from a small town in Hotland, Tennessee. I was raised by a single mother. You know, our our father you know, abandoned us when, when I was young. And so we never had that in our lives. And, and thankfully, you know, I was given the gift of, of athleticism. So I played multiple sports and I had a lot of coaches that, you know, were in my life because of that. And, you know, I, I learned at a very young age to listen to them and, you know, and, and, and not disrespect them and, and to try to learn what they were teaching me to do. And, you know, I, I remember back my mother, she worked three jobs when I was a kid and she waited tables. She worked at food line and she cleaned houses. It was very for us not to be on welfare. So she did that. So my brother and I could have the life that we had. And she worked extremely hard. And she took me into a bar that she was waiting tables at, you know, in Fedville, Tennessee. And of course, my mom's she's like me, great personality and and just life of the party and you know makes friends really easily. And she has that gift. And so she's introducing me to everybody. And it was a really good time. But before we left, she stopped me and she said, I want you to take a look at the bar and, and look at the people around that bar. And she said, you know, those are those are good people, but they've been here, you know, for the last 10 years and they'll be here 10 years after that. If you don't want that for your life, don't be that. 
And I mean, I, I, I think about that statement all the time and I just don't put myself in positions to drag myself down. You know, I, I live a life with purpose and you can't set it a bar. You can't have bad habits and, you know, do those things. If you're trying to fulfill a purpose, you just don't have time for it in your life. And through that, I went on to college here at the University of North Alabama and had a great football career and chased an arena football dream for a while <laughs> after that. And actually, you know, I was working at a company called Knology while I was playing arena football and selling phone cable internet sales, you know, going door to door. It was extremely hard. So I learned really early on to build relationships with our installers, the technicians, also people that were over large areas like apartment complex, you know, leasing agents and managers and things like that. You know, so I was able to be number one in sales for that. And uh, when it came time to, for the management position to open up, they interviewed me and said, Hey, you're number one in our company in sales, but you're just too young. And, you know, it kind of hurt, you know, my, I think my ego was a little too big at that time. And I I didn't realize, well, yeah, you know, you're all right. I'm too young. Let me just wait a little bit and bide my time and learn. So I started looking for a new position that had manager in the title. That was important to me. And I responded to a ad in the paper for a manager for a local transmission shop and knew nothing about the industry (laughs) at that point in time. My brother was a, you know, a a shade tree mechanic growing up. He, He worked on everybody's cars worked in a part store until he ended up working for us. And that's a story within itself. But Shelby was the the gearhead. He was the wrench in the family. And, uh, you know, I think he, you know, souped up every, every young kid's car in our neighborhood. <laughs> but, you know, I, I responded to this ad and, you know, one thing I could do is communicate really well with people. You know, I could, I could break down walls and get people laughing, get people feeling comfortable. I knew I could do that. So I walk into this transmission shop and the, and the, the gentlemen that owned it were business owners. You know, they, they had all real estate, you know, all these other kind of things that the transmission shop was just a part of that umbrella. And so they taught me their CRM for two days and then they disappeared. And there I was, <laughs> there I was like, well, okay, I got to figure this out. And, you know, we were doing about eight, 9,000 a week. That's it at that point in time. And within a month, I had to go through our entire technician base and get in new guys because we just didn't communicate very well. They were frustrated that I didn't know the industry and they didn't want to communicate with me very well. So I had to bring people in and say, look, you know, I will take care of this end of the job. You take care of your end and we will be happy together. And I may need to lean on you sometimes until I learn this. Within a few months, you know, we were the number one AMCO, you know, in our district, had turned it around, had tripled the weekly sales that we were bringing in. We went in from, you know, we were building about four transmissions a week that we're getting up to 20 transmissions a week. So I had a lot of, we were number one in service plus, meaning everything outside of transmissions as well. So I was slowly learning the industry and, and, and building that. And then finally, one day, a Jasper rep came in because I was having issues with some of the other remanners that we used that uh, units that my builder uh, didn't feel comfortable building. And so I bought, a, you know, one of my, one of my R&R guys said, Hey, why don't you try Jasper? So I bought a Jasper unit. Then in walked Chad Harrison. You know, he, we still work together today. He's fantastic. Been with the company almost 20 years. And he came walking in the door and was like, I got to ask you, why is an Amco buying a Jasper transmission? And I said, well, <laughs> honestly, I don't know any better. And, you know, I shared with him a couple of the failures that I'd had from some of the other remanners and, and you know, just how they denied the warranties. And it was frustrating. And somebody said, try Jasper. So that went on for a few months. And then one day he came in and said, uh, you know, are you happy with your job? And and I said, well, you know, I had 
did outside sales with knowledge and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that freedom and being out. My days went by faster. I like what I'm doing here, but they go by slow because I'm just, I'm kind of being reactive. I'm just waiting. I can't really, outside of being good at what I do, I can't really impact the business coming into the uh, shop unless I'm going to the city and the bus garages and the municipalities and, and trying to get those, that business in the door. I love those days because the day went by faster. And he, he said, well, do you mind if my boss calls you? <laughs> and now I said, sure. And so his, Steve Saranis, which is our regional national account manager in the Southeast now called me. And that began my journey with Jasper and I'll tell you a quick story before that, before they actually offered me the position. I mean, it took about six months long of an interview because they were worried about my commitment to football and would I be committed to them. And, and it takes us about 60 grand to onboard somebody. Sure. So it's a huge commitment just to go through that process and them to turn their backs on other candidates and to bring me in the door. And five months down the road, I, I get a contract to Canada because I just came back from Canada playing the CFL. Uh, so they were a little worried about that. And so I said, no, if you guys give me this opportunity, I'm your guy. You don't have to worry about it. I'm your guy. And I had an arena football game down in Florida. And Steve was down there visiting his uh, brother-in-law. And they have a niece and nephew. So they came to the game. And uh, I was pretty good at sacking the quarterback. So that was kind of I can imagine. what I did. Yeah, <laughs> I was a rush defensive end, you know, and so I got to the quarterback often. That was my that was my game. And so I sacked the quarterback and it just so happened when I hit him, I was standing up and his leg ended up in my arms and right in front of me was his shoe. I react very well in situations like that. So I just pulled his shoe off and I threw it about 40 rows up into the stands. <laughs> and of course, here comes the personal foul penalties. I mean, the refs are almost hitting me with the flag. <laughs> And uh, the quarterback's trying to get his shoe from the fans. And, his goes up in the stand. and so Steve, you know, in arena football, you know, the, the fans come down on the field afterwards. And I, I love that. You know, you get to interact with the fans and the kids. And Steve came down into the field with his, his brother-in-law and his niece and nephew. And he, he said, did I see that right? Did you pull that short quarterback shoe off and throw it in the stands? And I said, yes, sir, I did. And he goes, I don't, I don't know if I should hire you. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> and I said, well, just imagine what I'll do to your competition. And, you know, I had one more interview after that, but I know, I know that's what sealed the deal. And I had to buy into Jasper's process. So, you know, doing that, you know, learning something new. And, and uh, we have an 80 year old process that when you join our company and everything that we do is, is process oriented, uh, you have to learn that process. You got to put down your defenses. You got to be humble. You got to learn it. So I, I picked up that process pretty quick. And, and within two years was a mentor and I, out of our branch within six years, I became a manager and then you know, got awarded another branch over growth because we, we grew so much. We went from two branches in Florida to four. It was just right time, right place. And so I kind of became a district manager at that point in time and, you know, was able to work my way up and through a gentleman retiring and a shift from one of our regionals going to national accounts full time, it opened up the Southeast and Jasper gave me the opportunity and, and I'm extremely grateful for it. And I'm, I'm learning every day and working with my guys every day on it. Well, and it's it's uh, it's been kind of a fun journey to follow. You, you mentioned that your brother's a part of it as well, right? And, and I think that's such a cool piece because you guys really work in tandem, and you, I think you, I think you fully respect each other, and I think it's just a it's a cool relationship, right? Well, it, it's awesome. I mean, you know, not to get too personal, but we took baths together, and you know, when we were kids, and <laughs> we were kind of poor, so 
we didn't have a separate room and a lot of times we just had one bed. So, you know, we were, we were close. He picked on me. He's my older brother. So he picked on me for a while. And so I was able to start playing football and get a little bit bigger. And then, <laughs> then those lines, those lines got drawn, but you know, he, he made me, he said, you know, I made you so athletic because we'd go riding in the mountains when we were kids and he would throw my hat off the truck and I'd have to jump off the truck and go get my hat. And our grandfather wasn't stopping for anything. So I had to catch back up to the truck and in rocks and, jump back in and I would, I would put it back on my head. And as I'm climbing back into the back of the truck, he'd flip it off. And <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to know, don't put the hat on your head. And, you know, so he says, I take full credit for your athleticism and, <laughs> and I'll give, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. But he was working at advanced auto parts as a manager, you know, seven days a week. And even back then it was extremely hard for them to find good people. And, right. and you know, technicians and you shop you know owners listen out there you know if you get a good parts person in a parts store you love them you know because you know how difficult it is when you don't have the right person in that parts store and, and the mistakes that can be made and the frustration from it and so he was that person so they leaned on him a lot he was always there and we work a lot at jasper but you know i i said to him hey you know i know you don't really have outside sales experience i was with jasper for a couple of years and i said have you thought about giving us a try? We have a sales training program. Since you don't have outside sales experience, they're not going to put you right in the field. You have to go to the factory for 18 months and live there. And he was a little bit older. He was in his early thirties when that happened. So it was outside the norm for us. Usually that's a younger person. And he goes to the factory, lives there 18 months, but he didn't, it wasn't a party for him. It wasn't like a fraternity experience. I mean, he really engulfed himself in the culture and the people, the relationships that he built at the factory are unbelievable, you know, because he works side by side. And, and in that program, you work side by side in every division from the plant floor to customer service to inside sales. You you go do the outings, the NASCAR events and, you know, the customer appreciation days and things like that. So he became Jasper and then he came out to the field in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was in Georgia at the time. But when I got the opportunity to take over Florida, I called him up and I said, hey, do you want to come with me? Let's do this together. And of course he was loyal to his customers and to his boss, Dave Goodwin at the time, but it was an opportunity for him to come work with his brother and Jasper didn't hold him back at all. And so with open arms, he joined me in Florida and we literally set the world on fire. You know, at one point in time, we we're up 72%. We set or broke every record that a branch could have at that point in time. He already knew what I was thinking. I knew what he was thinking. A lot of times we didn't even have to talk about it. My other reps called me Superman because I seemed to know everything, but it was because Shelby was sharing everything with me, but I didn't break that trust. And uh, so we worked really, really well. And it really showed me to, to be successful at this. You got to have an awesome one-two punch. And we were that. I didn't even consider myself his boss. I mean, we worked side by side in, in that. And that's why we were able, we had a goal to make Florida smaller to get these shops communicating at a level that they never communicated on and to compete at a level, you know, cause everybody is competitive or you wouldn't be a business owner. You're, right. You've got, you've got, you got a little bit of ego, you know, you, you've got, you, you give a dang, you know, so they want to compete with each other. So Shelby and I, and you know, uh, another rep, Ron Burkhart, and then later on Don, Dante Donati. Uh, so us four, we set the state on fire really, and just broke records. And, and I don't, and Shelby and I, got a Rolex together. And wow. There's only been about seven or eight people in the history of our company to, to break so many records to get a Rolex, but we did it side by side. And I know for a fact, there may be somebody else in the future to get a Rolex, but I know for a fact, it'll never be a brother, you know, two brothers. Combo. 
Yeah. And, and usually not from the same branch, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So really, really a blessing to do that. So he moved on to North Carolina uh, a few years after that. And he's been the manager of North Carolina the last couple of years. And I was one of the reasons I was so excited to become the regional vice president Southeast is now him and I get to work together again. And, you know, Shelby gets up earlier than anybody. He's like me. I get up at four 30 in the morning. He doesn't get up to work out, but he gets up to hit the road. And, yeah. you know, he's at his shops before customers are even at their shops and, you know, sitting there waiting on them. Let's get going guys. And, and so he calls me at six 30 in the morning, five 30 in the morning. And, and so for us to be able to do that again, and talk about the same mission and vision like we used to when we worked together in Florida is just unbelievable. I'm so grateful for it. And uh, my mom is so proud of us. It should be. And she said 15 years ago, well, actually 13, because Shelby started a couple of years after me. She was like, my boys are going to run that company one day. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was I was with her, you know, she's about an hour north of here. So I went and spent some time with her this past weekend. And, and you know, we were sitting there talking about our journey. And I said, Mommy might be right, you know, and she's just so proud of that. But we're so thankful that we we have the platform we do to be able to to level up. You know, we came from nothing, really. Yeah. Small town, single mom, nothing. And Jasper has given us the ability to 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 change our family's stripes. And I, I know both of us are so grateful for it. Yeah, it's it's a really cool story and and one that I think segues really nicely into our topic for today which is talking about habits. And when I when I talk about habits, I was just reading a book called Atomic Habits. It's an amazing book. If you haven't read it, it's, it's awesome. One of the things that I personally struggle with are some of those consistencies in day-to-day habits. It's more, you know, hair on fire, trying to put fires out, you know, that kind of stuff. But you've done maybe a better job at this than anybody I've ever met. And, and so... I wanted to bring you on the show to talk about habits, talk about how they've been impactful for your life, and then maybe how it applies to whether it's a technician or a manager or that owner or CEO. Like It doesn't matter who you are. These things apply. And you and I have had many conversations about habits. And it's to me, it's just kind of from afar, watching you and what you're doing, I think a lot of it comes down to your daily routine, your daily habits and, and what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you 100%. And, and I know that this can translate to our audience because I've seen it happen with shop owners and technicians that are in my life. You know, we get to grow these wonderful close relationships, you know, with our with our customers. And we end up being a part of their family. I was at a birthday party for a shop owner last weekend. I'll be at a birthday party for a shop owner this weekend. So we become a part of their families. We become a part of their, their companies. And, and we, they call it, we call it getting back behind the counter. You know, we walk in as a salesperson off the street and we're, we've got this counter between us and it's like this barrier. It's their defense mechanism. It keeps us separated from them. But the moment that we earn their trust and they let us back behind the counter, and we can really impact their life professionally and personally. It's a special, special moment. And we don't get to do that with everybody. It's probably with about 20% of the, the folks that we call on. You know, we get to be able to build that relationship with them and, and to really impact their lives. And I've seen uh, shop owners, you know, I've got one I was sharing with you, Jackson Dixon, you know, the uh, Hall's Tire Muffler in Madison, Florida. He went from 520 pounds. He's now 300 pounds. So he's lost 220 pounds in the last year and a half. And he shared with me 
what started that journey was him coming to the factory. He didn't want to get on the plane because he was so heavy just from a life of this industry and eating bad habits and no exercise and stress and all those things. But, you know, I bought him two plane tickets to make him feel comfortable and, and just really didn't let him say no. I removed all the objections and we got him to the factory and he spent more close time with me and he went to the gym with me at the factory that morning. So he got to see me get up at 4.30 in the morning and, and to go through this and, and have a good day. And he struggled. I mean, we have about 13 acres, you know, 14 acres under roof that day that you're going to walk, you know, so it's, it's not, that's not easy for a 520 pound man. And, you know, so he made it through that day, but what it showed him is I can do this. Mm -hmm. And he had it inside of him. He saw it in me. So he had it inside of him. He just needed, he needed that little push, that little kickstart. And today, you know, he's off of his diabetes medication. He's off of his blood pressure medication. He's going to have a long, happy life for his wife and his kids. And he's a better shop owner today than he was two years ago because of it. No doubt about it. So, so what's, I know what's fun translate. No. And I, yeah, in the stories, you, you've got a lot of stories of like how mm -hmm. you've instilled habits in people and how it's, it's mm -hmm. really, you know, it's, it's changed their life. And yeah. So foundationally, let's maybe take it from the start. What yeah. is it that drives you to have good habits in the first place? Well, you know, I think, I think first of all, I'm always having a purpose, you know, so in college, I wanted to be the best player that I could be, right? I wanted to be a leader on my team. I started since I was a freshman all the way through senior and I had to, I was the captain of the defense. And so I had to learn every position. So to do that, I call it getting in the zone. So you've got to be right mentally physically, emotionally, spiritually to even get in the zone. And, and for the, the former athletes out there, you guys don't know what that means. It's an entire week of preparation to come into that football game you know, or whatever event that you're about to do for you to be peaked out and in the zone at that, that point in time. But that just doesn't happen 30 minutes before the game. It is weeks, months, days, you know, preparation for this one moment. You know, so that I've always had a purpose in my life. And and after my football career was over, Jasper gave me purpose to be the to be the best field rep for them. You know, Doug Bobble, our CEO, when he talks about our associates, we have thirty seven hundred associates. He gets tears in his eyes talking about the decisions and how hard he has to work to take care of these thirty seven hundred families. And I've always admired I've seen our company grow from twelve hundred associates to thirty seven hundred associates in, in 15 years. And 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 I've always thought that myself, you know, I want to be the best I can be for them because they can't sell our product. They can do their, their jobs and they can do the best that they can do, but they can't control the selling of our product. I can, and the rest of our sales force can. And I take that extremely personal and, you know, what I do every single day impacts their lives. It impacts their children's life, their grandchildren's life. So, I, you know, you have to have a purpose and now I'm a leader. Right. So I'm a leader within our company. So I'm not making day to day sales calls like I used to. My reps are my customers. So they mean the most for me. So I want to be the best leader that I can. Well, I've always had this athletic background. So where do you fit the time for the physical side with the leadership time? And, and I've got four children, a wife and four children. So it's a lot. Right. <laughs> and so I have to get up extremely early to fit in the exercise. So exercise is my quarter cornerstone. It's the foundation for all that I do. So off of that exercise, it it impacts everything else builds upon that. So I take that time in the morning. This morning when I exercised, I listened to two podcasts in the in the gym. And you know, I'm out of town. I'm not 
at my house, at my home gym, you know, I'm, I'm out of town. So I make no excuses. I'm not Goldilocks. It's never too hot. It's never too cold. I'm never too old. I'm never too sick or sore. You know, I'm going to get that done because I need that time to grow. And what I'm putting into myself, I put out to everybody else. I put out to my customers. I put out to my sales reps. And I think that really is the, the, the key right there. It's what we're putting into ourselves. You know, what am I listening to? What am I reading? The relationships in my life, you know, those things that I'm putting into my life, that's what I'm going to pour out to everybody else. And that's what they see. You know, when I walk in, it's a, there's a presence there. And as we build that relationship, they start uncovering these layers of how do you do this? I don't, I don't get it. And they're asking the questions as well. And they see all the things that I'm pouring into my life. And they just start picking those things up if they want to, you know, it's their, it's their journey. By no means am I trying to force this on anyone. But I think that's, you see that often in the most successful people, right? Like I've read a million biographies of, of people that are, you know, they're focused on routine. The one thing they can control is when they wake up in the morning and like what they do after that. And so you know, I think what you're doing is it carries a lot of traits of the most successful people out there. And not only like at the CEO level or some, you know, some of the people that are in some of the sexier positions, if you will. But I remember my days back in a shop. Those were the best techs. They were the best managers. Like they were the people that were there, you know, half an hour before work started and they had everything in order. Everything was organized and they could be organized because they had enough time to get organized. But, you know, and, you know, I, I think me as a young tech, I would kind of run in at eight o'clock and you're scattered and you're just trying not to get in trouble for, you know, it's probably more 803, 804. And you're trying not to get in trouble when you're skating through, right? And I saw it when I moved into management where it was the same way with with my staff where, you know, they're trying to they'll walk in the door and kind of put up that like, oh, I know I'm late. I just don't want to get in trouble, like go over. And then <laughs> they're scattered from the start. And it's really hard to recover from that over the course of the day if, if you're starting your day that way. Well, I, it's awesome that you brought that up, Jay, because, you know, literally how we start things is how things come. You know, you, you, you know, the, the, the phrase ending up smelling like roses. And that's not true. And that's not true. In most cases, it needs to start out smelling like roses. And so you need to get up earlier. You need to have good habits in the morning. So when you get to your your place of work, you know, you're not flustered. You don't have a monster can in your hand and a McDonald's biscuit in this hand. And, you know, you're trying to trying to chug it all down and, and trying to get your day started. And you've got a shop owner sitting there tapping his watch because, you know, every time that there's not something going on in that bay, he's losing money. You know, he it, that bay makes that shop owner money and you're impacting that. But I, I think that 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 technician that's doing that, you know, that's getting up late, you know, running people off the road in traffic, you know, and not realizing how those actions are impacting everyone else, right? That technician is not looking at things bigger than themselves. You have to, you, you got to look at that business. You know, I have to be the best tech that I can for this business because it's depending on me. The shop owner is depending on me. He's, you know, he or she's going to do their job. They're going to make sure I've got the training that I need, that, that I've got the business coming in the door, 
that I need to be able to provide for my family. Well, I've got to meet them halfway and I got to make sure that I'm as healthy as I possibly can, that I've got good habits, that I'm showing up and bad habits aren't spilling over into that day time that is so vital in that business to be making the money that it needs to be making. How, how important is a bedtime? Well, you know, I personally uh, can thrive off very limited sleep, but, you know, I've, I, you know, I've been known to go off three and a half, four hours of sleep. So to me personally, it's not as important as it is to a lot of people. And you would think as I get older that that would change, but it, it really has not changed. Now I don't stay out late, but sometimes I'm up late doing things, you know, and things like I might have to get a, a late workout in. So my adrenaline and cortisol levels are high. So it's a little bit harder for me to relax and go to sleep and, and things like that. But I'm still, it doesn't matter you know, I'm here in Florence, Alabama, so it's a different time zone. So I'm not waking up at 4.30, I'm waking up at 3.30. <laughs> so no matter, but I'm going, I'm going to bed an hour later, you know, because here it's 10.30 and I think, okay, now I go to bed, but I, I, my, actually it's 11.30, you know, so I'm getting even less sleep when I travel, but that doesn't keep me. I was in the gym this morning, you know, and, and I've built a relationship with a local gym owner. So, you know, we're, we're going to be going to dinner next time I'm, I'm in town. Cause he's so used to seeing me, you know, when I'm, when I'm in this area and I've been in this area quite a bit because of our involvement, but to most, you know, you, you need to go to bed. You need to cut the phones off. You need to cut the, the computer and the TV off long before you go to bed. You need to prepare for the next day. If you're, if you need to work out in the morning, set those gym clothes out, you know, because most likely you're not going to put them back in the drawer. You're going to get up and you're going to put them on. And you're, you're, you're going to get that done. So you just got to prepare for the next day. And I'm real big on daily habits. Like we're talking about daily, daily goals, accomplishments versus big long terms. Our life is changing so fast. It's hard to focus on this long-term goal. I had a long-term goal of becoming a regional vice president, but setting that goal didn't get me there. It was the things that I did every single day that got me there. So that's what we really need to focus on is what you're doing every day. And it starts the night before. You know, you have to prepare for the next day, the night before, so you can accomplish all of those things, you know, and if you don't, you know, at least the list was smaller and you gave it your best shot and you can get it done the, the next day. So how, how do you keep the consistency? It, and this is this is probably the biggest thing that I struggle with is that, you know, I go through a day like I had yesterday, right, where I, you know, I started fairly early in the morning and it just kind of the schedule all the way through the day, all the way through the night. I was on a podcast last night and and didn't get home until probably, I don't know, eight o'clock or eight thirty or something like that. And so by the time I got home, it was like, oh, my goodness, this is the first time I've had a chance to take a breath. Like I, how like like and so you just kind of like almost like for me, it was like just kind of the the switch went off. Like when I got home, it was like, I'm done. Like, I, I think I put everything I had into that day, <laughs> like I'm done, but yeah. I still didn't get some of those things accomplished like you did. Right. Like I didn't get up and, and work out in the morning. So what, right. what is it that like really creates that consistency? And I think with habits I, and I'll just take a crack at it, but with habits, you get so used to it that you're like, you just don't know how to not do it. Right. Like, or it's right. like, you, like you, your, your brain is mentally wired to like, you're doing this every day. So, so some folks get stressed because of all they have to do, right. All the things that are in front of them. I get stressed if, if I don't, you know, accomplish that habit, if, if I don't go to the gym, 
that's when I get upset with myself, right? You know, because I didn't do what I know that I should be doing. And, and I stay in the gym because first of all, you know, healthy, being healthy is important to me. I don't have to be the strongest person in the gym like I used to be anymore, you know, or anything like that. But being healthy for my family is important to me. Being healthy for my customers and, and for my teammates is extremely important to me. You know, having that presence is, is important. So I know that there's, I have to do that to keep all that. I have three daughters. I may have to beat up three boyfriends. <laughs> you know, so. For those of you out there that can't see Darren, uh, Darren is a large individual. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I feel bad for the, uh, your daughter's future boyfriends. That's going to be a, that's going to be tough sledding. Right. So my, my oldest daughter, she's 11 now when she was a little bit younger, you know, she said, daddy, why do you work out every day? I said, so I can beat up your boyfriends. She goes, you better not hurt Superman. So she loves Superman a lot back then. She was like, you better not hurt Superman, daddy. You know, so they know, they know that it's for real. But, you know, and, and also, like I shared, you know, I have to pour a lot into myself to, to be the best leader, you know, and the best associate in this company that I can be, to be the best husband, be the best father that I can be, best Christian. And so I pour those things into myself before the world gets up. So that way, when I have long days and I'm, I'm traveling a lot and things like that, I don't lay my head down at night frustrated because I didn't get things done. I just got up before the world got up and I got those things knocked out and accomplished. I mean, before we started this podcast this morning, you know, I'd, I'd listened, I'd worked out, listened to two podcasts, had breakfast with my sales manager, Gary Cooper. We had breakfast together before he went and started his day. And then I came back in and did some office work and had a conversation with my wife all before we jumped onto this, this podcast. So, but I had to get up before the world got up to, to get that done. And, and that's just doing that every single day, whether I'm in town or out of town, that, that's what's important. Well, and I think there's a different sense of peace when you get up that early too. Like, I don't know what it is. My wife hates it when I go on my streaks where I, I'm getting up at four, you know, four, four fifteen, whatever. But typically that's when I've got a lot going on at work and I've got a lot of stuff going on. So I just know that in order to fit everything into the day, I'm going to have to do that. It's never truly been a routine though. And like, that's where, like, for me, I, I look at it like, okay, like if I could do that, like that, I, one, I feel so much better when I do that, like in terms of not so stressed out, everything seems to work a little bit better because you knock out all those kind of monotonous tasks in the morning. And honestly, you do it a lot of times before you even wake up, <laughs> you're, you're, you get it, get it all done. But I, I think there's so much impact in the time that it, like the, the time that you wake up in the morning and, you know, when it, when it relates to somebody in a shop, that can be so powerful and so, so impactful in how the performance of your shop is, regardless of your talent level, right? Regardless of what you're strong at. Like if, if you're good with habits, you're, you're going to probably be successful. Like I, I think that, you know, your day-to-day habits are, are what are going to lead you to success. Well, it, it literally translates over into everything that you do. You know, I mean, the, our, our customers have 21 point ins- inspections when, when a shop, when a car pulls into the, to the bay, you know, having that daily habit in the morning, make sure that you complete that task because those processes, getting those things done, checking those boxes mean a lot to you, you know, in taking that customer, you know, coming into the lobby and, and the steps that you take, smiling at them, greeting them, acknowledging that they came in the, the, the atmosphere of the waiting room, you know, when they come in, 
All of that is important. Each one of those little bitty steps are important when it comes down to to selling that job to that customer and, and retaining that customer after they walk out of the door. They all mean something. And you can't, you can't, you know, miss any of those or you're going to you know possibly lose that customer or mess up on that job. And I had, I had a uh, meeting with my sales managers earlier this week. And, you know, I talked about the body as a whole because, you know, we were looking at our dashboard from the month of, of September and just all the different branches and the sales and thing. And I said, okay, this is our region as a whole. This shows the health of our region looking at this, but it's your job with your people to dive into the sales that are impacting those body parts. You know, the sales that run the heart, that runs the lungs, that runs the arms. If any of those sales are not doing their job, that body is not going to be able to perform and it's not going to be healthy. So I'm looking at this body as a whole, but then they have to dive in and, and look at the individual body parts, even down to the cell level. So every little thing, you know, impacts everything else and you just can't miss it. You got to get it all in. Uh, how important is diet to being able to, to stay consistent? It's, it's extremely important. You know, if you're putting junk in your body, you know, we were talking about what comes in you pours out of you. If you're putting junk in your body, it's just like a, a car that you're working on. You put bad fuel in that car or, you know, the fuel has been sitting in there too long. The car is not going to perform. It's going to break, you know, same thing with your diet. If you're putting crap into your body, you're going to, put out crap. That's what's going to happen. I mean, it's plain and simple as that exercise is, you know, of course you've got to exercise, but that's not how you lose weight. That's not how you get healthy because I can exercise and burn 500 calories in an hour. And then I can eat a, a bagel with cream cheese on it and put 500 calories right back into my body. <laughs> right. So you have to be disciplined with your body. You just have to. And, and I was eating with the alumni across the street at the coaches radio show last night. It's homecoming week here in, in Florence. So I was in there with all the old timers and old teammates and coaches and, and things like that. And people were eating ribs and wings and dipping and, blah, 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 you know, just hands all over the place. And I get a salad with no dressing and pulled chicken on top of it. <laughs> that's discipline yeah. right there. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's tough. So like when you go on the road and this like for anybody listening to this, uh, when you mm -hmm. go on the road, how, how do you, like when you're going to a restaurant, what are you looking for? And usually I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid the breads if I can, you know, because they're just going to turn to sugar. They're, they're going to make you sluggish. And I try to eat light, no dressings, no sauce. I mean, that's really where a lot of the sugars and the fat come from is the barbecue sauce is the ranch dressing and, and things like that. You know, salad itself, you know, has no nutritional value, you know, lettuce, you know, has no nutritional value. It's just a carb, really. It just, it's like kind of like corn, but you know, it's fulfilling. It can help me, you know, feel full, you know, like I don't have to eat more, but I'm not putting that cheeseburger into my body. If I do eat a cheeseburger, I'm gonna get it without the bun, you know, and I'm not going to put ketchup or, you know, mayonnaise and, and things like that on it. And I'm not saying that you got to be perfect on your diet, but you need about 70% perfect on your diet. You need about 70% of the things you eat that time needs to be good decisions. You know, I have a, I have a sweet tooth. So if I veg out on a, you know, on a cake or whatever it is, I'm going to work out a little bit harder. I don't even know. I don't know if that, if that, you know, counters it or really works, but mentally for me, it's like, okay, I did a hundred burpees. I, I'm still okay that I ate that piece of cake. So what about if you're, you're crunched for time, you need something to eat. Do you find yourself at a fast food restaurant? Yeah. And, it, and it's the same thing. You know, I like Burger King, but I'll, when I go through Burger King, you know, I'll just get 
the I'll just get the meat, you know, that or lettuce and tomato, but I won't eat the bread and, and the other things like that. I don't get the French fries. I don't get a soda. Diet soda is even bad for you guys. It's got a lot of sodium in it. It's carbonated. That's, you know, you, you see a lot of technicians, a lot of shop owners with the big bellies, right? And it's it's because of even if, you know, well, I, I ate this and I ate a diet, I drink a diet coke or a zero monster. Right. I mean, that sucker's got 360 milligrams of sodium in it. I mean, all that holds water weight. And for us men, it goes straight to our stomach and that turns into diabetes, that turns into high blood pressure. It really, really impacts our life. So, you know, you got to stay away from those things, drink water. And if you do have to go through the fast food restaurant, make the right decision. You know, mm. you know that you can eat just hamburger patties, you know, and things like that and keep the carbs and the, the, the sauces and stuff out of your life. How, so like how much water do you drink in a day? I drink a ton of water. I try to get over a gallon every single day. You know, one of those daily habits, when I get up in the morning, I kill one of these right yeah. out the gate, you know, so I, because you're, you're basically dehydrating yourself as you sleep and water is key to diet. I mean, it's key to, to how your body burns food and digest food and things like that. So if you're dehydrated in any kind of way, your body's not going to function properly. So to, to have the right diet, to, to lose weight, to, to feel good, you have to be hydrated. So, you know, I start out my day, I wake up and I kill, I keep a bottle of water next to the bed. And as soon as I turn over and put my feet on the floor, I kill a bottle of water. And that's hard sometimes because, you know, we get older, we got to pee really bad. That's what I was going to ask. If yeah. A gallon of water. If I drink a gallon of water in a day, I don't think I leave the bathroom. Like, I think I'm just at the bathroom the entire day. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's flushing you. It, you know, your kidneys have to dilute a lot of things. So, you know, it's keeping them healthy. It's keeping them cleared out. And, you know, we, we, you know, some of us, you know, some, some folks take vitamins and things like that. So their kidneys are working overtime and it's good to, to flush those things out. And if you do have any bad habits, that water is going to, going to help, you know, counter that, but, you know, don't drink the sodas, don't drink the monsters, the energy drinks, you know, caffeine's good, but get it from your coffee. You know, so coffee's still good. I, I, I've got a coffee right here. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about it's, it helps us deal with caffeine helps us deal with stress. You know, I had this, you know, I, I try to bring little points of, of health to my guys in every one of our, our meetings that we have. And this past meeting, you know, we, we we're changing our, our world around us. The technology we have is changing all the time. And it's, it's harder as you get older to learn these things and technicians can, uh, you know, relate to this because you get a new tool, you got to learn it. You get, you get a little frustrated. You feel your stress levels rise. Well, kids pick up on things faster because they don't have mortgages. They don't have ex-wives. They don't have four kids. They don't have a job, you know, things like that. So when they deal with stress, they just, that's all they have in their life. Right. And they just learn. And so they learn faster. Well, when we're trying to learn something new, our stress levels rise. That's not a bad thing. We just have to respond to it the right way and push through that. And, and some of the ways to do that is to drink caffeine, is to drink coffee, get that, you know, get that caffeine into your body so it raises your cortisone levels to exercise. Exercise helps you learn things faster. You know, so I exercise a lot. It keeps the cortisone levels high in my body. And so I'm more open to learn things because my energy levels are higher and I'm meeting that stress head on with the right, you know, right preparation for it. So I'm, I'm not against caffeine at all. Do you feel like that's why your energy is so high or is it like, is there some hereditary and there's some like, Hey, I do, I'm very diligent on my diet and that's why I'm, you know, well, at a I high think energy a little, level. 
I think a little bit of both. I mean, my mom was shredded and you got to know, I mean, my mom worked multiple jobs and even construction, she drove a dump, dump truck on a construction site. That's awesome. I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, she's the real deal. And, and in her early forties, I mean, she was shredded. I mean, I've got pictures of her just, I mean, rippled. And when I was playing baseball in high school, the other moms did not want her working in the concession stand. You know, <laughs> that, that they, they despised when my mom came around and my teammates loved it. You know, I'm like, I told them to shut up all the time. You know, so uh, a lot of it is hereditary. But you know, my brother, he's he's healthier now. He's he's picked that up in his life, so he's gotten a lot healthier. But we're just, you know, as far as health goes, we're two different. You know, we're on two opposite ends of the spectrums because I do these things, but yet we come from the same mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and that kind of thing. So it, it's a little bit of both. You know, we you got to have some of the genetics. And I owned a gym for a little while, and I would have you know, clients come into the gym and, and that, man, I want to look like you. You're not, you're not going to be me, but you can be the best you that you can be. And that's all that you need to focus on. You know, God gave you what he gave you and you can make it the best that you can make it. And that's what we're here to try to do. What are some things with shop personnel that you see that they could change? Like in terms of, I know we've talked a lot about a lot about like the things that, you know, are pretty obvious, like getting uh, up in the morning, exercising mm-hmm. regularly, eating right. Are there anything like any observations that you have when you're going into these shops and whether it's technicians or managers, mm-hmm. is there anything that you see in their day-to-day habits that that could really have a big impact on on yeah. how they live? Well, do th- they can do things together. We've got a shop owner in Sarasota. His name's Darren. And when we feed him, you know, if we bring pizza into the shop, which I don't typically like to do, but, you know, if, if we bring pizza in, he eats a salad and he's got a pull-up bar and, you know, he's in his 50s now and just randomly throughout the day, he'll just boom, hit a pull-up bar. Well, that that pours into his organization. So that technician seeing that, that looks up to him, that wants to be that shop owner one day man, I'm going to do what I'm going to do what he's doing. And so I'm not going to eat this pizza. I want a salad too. bring me a salad too. And I'm going to make sure that I exercise and and then hold each other accountable. It's extremely hard for us to go do the gym by ourselves. You know, it's extremely hard to go on these journeys by ourselves. It's, it's kind of like you're, you and your spouse. If you and your spouse are going two separate directions on two separate pages, it, it really makes that relationship difficult. And you have a lot of stress and challenges within it. Same thing within that shop. You see those people more than you see your own family. You know, you know that technician working next to you. You see, you see that guy or gal more than you see your own, your own wife and kids, and uh, or husband. And so, doing those, being healthy together, holding each other accountable together, that that's what's going to help. And then they just like a like a unit, like a machine. They just move move forward with better habits and better health together. And really, with that shop owner having meetings with his people, being the example you know, that he needs to be a a lot of times, you know, for one thing is, is I let, I don't do things now because of my, what I want to be in the future. Right. So I I set aside the, the, the the goal, not the goals, but the, the, the satisfaction now for what I want in the future. And that shop owner has got to do that for his company as well. And, uh, you know, don't eat that burger, that Mac, you know, Big Mac right in front of his technicians, you know, things like that. Be a better example for your people, put them first, and be the light for them. And then I do that. I do that for my folks. I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to be a lie. I want to be everything that they think that I am. So I have to keep these things up to be that for them because it's going to change. It's going to change their life. That's some big stuff, my friend. That's, that is 
Amazing. Do you like for somebody maybe on the mental side of this, right? Like, so I think the the mental game is as big as any, anything, right? And when they're trying to remove the barriers and get kind of that clutter out of their head so that they can focus on, you know, the, the important stuff, which is the health and which is, you know, the, these, all these things that we talked about advice for, people that mentally are struggling with this or like just there's some mental barrier that they're not getting through. Well, I mean, first of all, mental, mental illness, mental weakness, you know, things like that. It's real, you know, chemical imbalances. Those things are real. I have a manager that that works with me on my team and he's bipolar. And so, you know, he has extremely highs and he has extremely lows and he's learned how to, when he's at those levels to kind of separate himself. So it doesn't, spill over to other people in the impact, but a lot of people can't do that. But, you know, it really, I, I follow Jocko. So, yeah. everybody, you know, everybody knows Jocko Willink and he puts it as simple as this is, you know, oh man, I'm tired. I don't feel like going to the gym. Just go, you know, oh man, I want that piece of cake. Don't eat it. You know, I mean, it's just, you just got to make that decision. You know, I'm just going to go to the gym no matter how I feel. And if I still feel like crap tomorrow, maybe I'll take that off, but I'm not going to let it defeat me today. Um, I'm just going to make the decision not to put that into my body. And, and, and it's as simple as that, but if we're just doing it for ourselves, we're never going to be able to do it because we're weak. We're not enough, you know? So on the mental side is you can't focus. If you're looking at yourself, you're going to see somebody that's broken. You're going to see somebody that's selfish, somebody that's insecure. Cause we all are those things. We all have insecurities and, and, and th- confidence issues and, and things like that. You've got to put your focus outward. And if you put your focus outward, it helps with the mind. And and I say it all the time, for the mind to be right, the body's got to be right. You know, you, you can't get your mind right first and then get your body right. It, it works the other way around. So you've got to get your body right for your mind to be able to get right. And a lot of times you're going through depression or bad habits and things like that. It's because you're just focused too much on yourself. And wow. you got to put that, you got to put that focus outward because we're just too small. You know, we got to focus on something bigger than ourselves. Well, and I think that's purpose in general, right? Like when you, when you're a technician, you're not just throwing brake pads on, on a car, you're having a car stop. So it doesn't kill somebody like, and, and kill an entire family, right? Like there's, there's purpose. And I, I think I go back to my days in a shop and that's something that I don't think I put enough credits into, or I didn't really understand is that, you know, I, I just, here's just another break job. Here we go. Like I'd get to swap pads and do, you know, do everything that I would normally do, but not thinking about the person that's getting inside that car and how that's going to impact them. Or, you know, just there's so much that especially a technician can do to impact the happiness and the safety of a person that I just don't think a lot of technicians quite understand like that, that what they do in their purpose and making sure that your mind is on point and your body's on point so that you can do the job to your best of ability of your ability is such a big thing because that could, that could have fatal impacts on people that could have, you know, some, some real big, I mean, just a real big impact in general, but that's something I think when you're used to going in every day and you're doing it over and over and over again, you don't think that this is this person's way to, to their life. Like this is their way to work. This is the way to their kids' baseball game. This is like, there's this vehicle is so important to them. 
Yep. And I tell you, I, it's man, Jay, I mean, you're just on it and bringing up the right things because first of all, I admire technicians, you know, what they do is extremely hard and it's extremely important. When a technician puts brakes on my wife's car, he's, he's taking care. She's taking care of my family and there's nothing more that I love more on this earth outside of God than my family. Right. So it is important that my wife can come to a stop or somebody, something happens in front of them that she can, hit those brakes and the, the vehicle is going to perform properly. And I mean, that is so important. And, you know, if you can't speak affirmations in your own life, listen to me, you know, you're extremely intelligent. You're extremely important. What you do matters to all of us. I heard a quote one time when technicians rock America rolls and it's the truth. It is the truth, man. When technicians are out there rocking and rolling, man, we're all better because of it. And I took my wife this past weekend to get her car cleaned and we went through a fast five oil change and she sat in the passenger seat and the technician was just awesome. He community, I mean, he knocked out the old change. He was communicating to us uh, extremely well. And, and I said, man, how long have you been doing this? And he said a little too long. And, you know, he's actually a finance engineer guru. Wow. And he starts showing me, showing me pictures of, you know, this, this old Pinto that he had beefed up the engine and he's racing it in the Baja and all this wife's just going, I, she was like, I don't even know the language you guys are speaking right now. And, <laughs> and it, it's like, I don't know what he's making per hour. It's probably not enough, yep. you know, cause, cause he was special. He was special. And I noticed, I love the way he took care of the car. I love the way that he communicated with us. He was extremely intelligent. And, and just by me, digging into him a little bit. I mean, he opened up his phone and let me into his life and, and started showing, showing some pictures. And he had no idea that I even worked for Jasper. And at, at the, at the end of it, you know, when it was, when it was over, I gave him my card, let him know who I was. And I think a light bulb probably went off for him and why we were able to have that conversation. And I just said, look, if you need anything, give me a call. You know, if you ever want to make a move to one of our other installers, one of our business partners, give me a call and I'll be, be glad to help you. And uh, on that journey, yeah, this I, that's so cool, and I, I think that's overarching. You know, you and I share a lot of, I think, a common thought process, and I think that what you just said about technicians is so. I mean, it was eloquently put. It was, you know, I think that's that's very reflective of what both of us think, right? Like, just uh, think the world of techs and and what they do out there, and oftentimes they don't maybe get the credit that they should. So I, I think that's a, that's a big thing. And, and that's, you know, when we do these podcasts, we're trying to make the lives of technicians better. I think the podcast we just did, hopefully we'll do that because I think what Darren's expertise is and what his background is can't help, uh, it can't help but like help you, right? Like it, it's, there's so much good there. And if you can just kind of start working on these little habits and and start kind of, picking away at them. I think if you try to change your life overnight, it's probably not going to happen, but maybe I'm wrong there, Darren, but I I think, I feel like if you can make little changes a little bit at a time, like it, it, you're really going to start to be the person you want to be. Yeah. I mean, any journey starts with that first step and this is this, none of this happens fast. None of it happens fast, but it begins with, with the beginning and you just have to just be consistent with it and do it every, every single day. And you'll see relationships in your life that are not going on that journey. You'll see, you'll start to see a separation. You'll be set apart from them because they're not going on that journey and they're stuck at this place that you wanted to move past. 
And, and you'll see that happen. And, and, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, the, the folks that are in your life, they either pick you, lift you up or they drag you down, you know, so this journey will help that as well to make sure that you have the right people in your life. Cause you're, you're not going to have time for the folks that, that have the bad habits, you know, it's okay to share your life with them, to jump in there, to try to help. You got to jump out. You can't live in it. You got to jump out and, and be on the path that you're on. We're right up on our hour right now. Do you have a couple more minutes? Absolutely. Yes, sir. So you just touched on a point that I think is so key, and that's who you surround yourself with. And as a technician, I think sometimes it's, it's and honestly, that's not a technician thing either. I mean, this is normal, like who you surround yourself with. I think there's, they talk about your five, right? Like the five people, you're most like the the five people that you surround yourself with. And I think when you look at your habits, you know, look at the habits of the five people that you're closest with. Like, are you, you know, is it, is it reflective of what your habits are? Because I would be willing to bet that they probably are pretty close. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, I I do life groups twice a week. I, I do life groups on Thursday mornings. I do life groups on Wednesday night, you know, I'm very involved in our church. Those are the people that are in my life. You know, my pastor, the other leaders in our church, those are are the men that I have in my life. I make sure I surround myself with strong, godly men, you know, so if I'm lacking or anything like that, they can hold me accountable and we hold each other accountable and get involved in those type of things. Uh, You know, I was talking about Robert Steele earlier today. He's a mentor of mine. You know, this, this man has reached those levels. He's been on that journey. I look up to that. I don't, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. So I try to put myself in the, in the rooms where I'm not smart. I'm not the smartest person in the room so I can learn from them. You know, being in the, the regional vice president meetings with our company now, it took me from being a branch manager with my team and kind of leading those guys. Well, now I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines and I'm learning from these RVPs that have been in our company doing this for 30 years. I'm learning from our CEO, Doug. I'm learning from Joe and just kind of trying to soak it all in and, and interject when it's appropriate. But for the most part, man, I, I'm writing, I'm writing things down, you know, and, and learning from those and trying to regurgitate that immediately. So it can, it can stick with me, you know? And so when I hear something from them man, I'm putting it down and I'm trying to implement it into my life right away. So yeah, man, who you have in your life, who you surround yourself with is so important to make sure that you stay on the right path, you know, cause yeah. you're constantly, you're constantly, you got a lot, there's a lot of temptation in life. And, you know, when you're on the right path, that temptation's coming for you and it wants you to be pulled off that path. And you, you just got to turn your back on it and get away from it. This is good stuff, my friend. I, I, I think we've got probably about another 10 episodes to do with you at some point. Hopefully we can get you back on again. I think, I think the world, again, of, of everything you do down there, you've been impactful to our business. You've been impactful to all of the shops you work with, especially impactful to Jasper and, and to your family. So I, I give you all the credit in the world for what you do. It's all been earned. You know, there's, I, I don't think there's been a bunch of givens to you. Like it's, it's, you've gone and got it. And I, I, I respect the heck out of you. And I, I truly, truly, look up to you as somebody in the industry that that uh, I can learn a lot from. So I, I appreciate you coming on the show today and and sharing your wisdom with uh, with our audience. Thank you, Jay. And and I've been waiting to come on the show. It's been awesome to listen to the to the show and, and to to grow alongside with you. And I talk about Wrenchway 
all the time. I mean, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday at this career fair, you know, there was two companies here that are staffing companies. One was uh, called Alcu, and I can't remember the other one, but they, 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 their expertise was software engineers. You know, so they're dealing with folks with 190 grand salaries and things like that. And I pulled up your app and I shared it with them, and I said, "Look, this, this." This is the smartest thing that I've seen in staffing and helping people fill positions and, and things like that. I mean, I'm, I'm spreading your word to, to folks that are not even in our industry just because of the, the things you're doing. So you leveled me up by, by being in my life. And I'm so you know proud to be on this show and look forward to any other opportunities that I can, I can have in the future with you. Well, I guarantee we'll have you back on. How about that? that that'll, well, I guarantee we'll get you back and we'll talk about more habits or we'll talk about just general business practices or, you know, whatever. Darren's got kind of a wide breadth of things that he can talk about. So I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, thank you for being on today and, and look forward to the next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.